Hi guys, this is Jonathan Washington again with uh, WWJD right now. What would Jesus do right now? Um, breaking down um, how Jesus is relevant in our lives today. Um, these past couple of weeks, um, starting the new year, to a happy new year to all, um, it's really been a redefining moment in my life. And what I mean by redefining is basically all the things that were taught to me uh, via learning through the world, the Lord has slowly but surely been removing those ways of understanding from me and he's, he's, he's expounding on it and he's, he's expounding on a new form, his form of understanding in my life. And my pastor spoke something, my pastor uh, about my father's ministry, which is Pastor Buck Crumley. He spoke on how, you know, how God will purge you. And if, you know what I mean? And, and in order to get through something, you have to be shown what's wrong in your life. And when we have to understand as Christians, when we come to the, the understanding and the mindset that we want to live for God, all the things that, that are not of God, God's going to reveal those things to you. Not as a way to bring you down, but as a way to give you understanding. Okay, if this is what's this is what's separating us. This is what's what's holding us back from being one, because the blood of Jesus saved our souls and 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 paved the way for us. But we have to make up our minds: Are we going to live the same way God lived, or are we going to live the same way the world lives? Or in the Bible, we call them pagans. And when you look at the terminology of a pagan. Um, uh, Webster's Dictionary would say a pagan is someone who whose faith or religion is something other than the main world religions whether it be Christianity, Catholic, uh, Protestant you know those things you know what I mean and some would say Muslim and um, but to put it in the Christian terms it's some, it, it, to put it in the biblical term a pagan is someone who does not worship God, who does not worship the true God, who does not worship God, who does not believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Anyone living outside the will of God, basically, is considered a pagan. And pagans, because pagans run off the world's knowledge, the world's concept, the way the world does things. That's how pagans work. That's, that, that's what separates us. It's not, the, it's not us, not how good we are. It's not about all the good works that we do. It's about who we believe in and what we strive to live for. That's the difference. If you strive to live for God each and every day, you may fall short, but your life is still not on the same pattern as a pagan because a pagan only does things for themselves or for worldly riches or idolatrous things. or You know what I mean? Because if you're not a worker of faith, you're a worker of iniquity. There's no silver lining. There's no, okay, well, I serve God. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, but I serve the devil, you know, I mean, the other days out of the week. No, it doesn't work like that. You're either for God or you're against God. And that's just plain, simple, cut and dry, because most people won't think of it like that. They think of these, these worldly terms like a white lie or I just did a little bit. I didn't do as much as him. Every sin lines up on the same plane. There's no difference in sin in God's eyes. So therefore, if there's no difference in sin and the Lord says you cannot straddle the fence, you know what I mean? So if there's if there's only two sides of the spectrum, either you're living on the right side or you're living on the wrong side. Simple as it. 
we have to understand that a lot of times we'll get caught up seeing other people do things. I know I've, I've been victim of this as well. When I was younger, I used to see people who didn't live for God do any and everything they wanted to do and got away with it. And I'm looking myself like, I, why do I get in trouble? Why do I get chastised? Why do I have a conscience when I do these things? And my mom said it to me. I never really understood it until I got older. But my mom told me something that I will always remember. You can't live the same way they live. You can't get away with doing the things they're getting away with because you belong to the Father, which is God. If you've given your life to God, God will not allow you to live in iniquity. He will always show you your wrongs. Whether you heed the warning and listen to it, it's totally up to you. But God will reveal things to you in his way. You know what I mean? It's like uh, Pastor Steve Furter was saying on this message. On the most recent message I was listening to, he says... God is not a physical, God's presence is not a physical thing. You can't see the wind, but you can see the aftermath of what wind creates or what wind does. And that's the same way you look at God. God, you can look back and see the hand of God moving by things that happen in your life, by meditating on his word, by meditating on the blessings of your life. That's how you see how God moves. And sometimes we'll get caught up thinking, well, if they can live this way and get away with it, why can't I? But we can't think that way. Or we can't say that, well... As long as they're living this way, I'm always going to want to do this. I'm always going to feel this way. I'm always going to feel that way. We can't base ourselves on that principle because it's it's faulted. It's something, it's a, it's, it's a thought that's carnally based because it's based on selfishness. It's not giving yourself away. It's giving into because of the circumstance. We can't give into because of the circumstances, because there's always going to be a circumstance in which the devil can, will try to pull you away from something that you're close to. Being close to this and that oneness with God, the devil's always going to try to separate us from them. And there's one simple verse that really speaks volumes on that exact principle. Because we're all called to live for God. But if we choose not to, then we're living as the pagans. And if we have people all around us, because it's, we, it was it's said in the Bible to live in the world, but not of the world. To live in the world, we have to live here until the day that we die. But we don't have to partake in the lifestyle choices that worldly people do because we're called to do better things. We're called above and beyond the calls of a pagan because the pagans are only going to do what the pagans want to do. Like, there, there are people who complain about... Um, there was a guy... On a Christian, I think it's Bible man, if I'm not mistaken. It, he was uh, talking to someone, and they felt like all the thing. If if the world, if the pagans wouldn't be here, we wouldn't have so much strife, wouldn't have so much trouble. Why do they live this way? And he broke it down basically as this: You can't blame the pagans for what they do because they're doing all of what they know. They're doing what they know. You can't tell a dog to be a cat. Because being a dog is all that dog knows how to do. It's instinctively born in them. We're born into sin through our carnal flesh. Until we change our minds and decide that we want to follow God and we want to follow God's rule and we want to serve God, we're only we're going to be drawn by carnal nature, by carnal knowledge. What's placed in us through sin? That's what we're gonna. That's what pagans excel after. Their carnalness. That their carnal mindedness. That is what drives them. And we have to understand that being as Christians that we're driven in a totally different direction, which does not make us better. It's grace and love and mercy that we have on our side by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ into our heart 
and worshiping God. That's what that's our promise. You know what I mean? So in this verse, it's from um, my new spirit-filled uh, life Bible, and it's First Peter chapter two, verse twelve. It says, "Having your honor, have having your conduct honorable among Gentiles." That when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glory glorify God in the day of visitation. If you go down to verse 13, it says, Therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to king, whether to the king as supreme. Um, I'm going to get back to that one. That's something I have to dissect in that one as well. But um, in verse 12, it says, having your conduct honorable among Gentiles. Gentiles will basically in this form would be pagans. Having your conduct honorable. So if they speak ill of you, they speak ill of the good things that you're doing, not the negative things. Because the negative things uh, are, are, are not what's going to be spoke of. That's not what they're going to talk about. That's not what God wants them to talk about. God wants you to live, continue to live honorably so that therefore the, they, can, they can't slander you by the evil that you do. They can only spread the grace of God, the things that good that you're doing in your life. That is what this verse is saying. It's like, so when we see pagans living a certain type of way, we're supposed to continue to live how we know to live because it's better to not know and to do than to know and to turn away from because if you know what's right and you made the decision to live for what's right and you do the opposite, you are sinning against God knowingly. You're knowingly sinning against God because you know about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what he did on the cross. You know God sacrificed his only begotten son so that we should not perish but have eternal life. You know these things. So now you have a standard in which you know to live by. You know the standard. So it's, it's now, called, we're now called to accept that higher standard and live by it according to God's will. Because if we do not, how can, how can God's, light, God's light be shown through us if we're living in iniquity? If we're allowing to, ourselves to be swayed and, and, and have, our, ha, have ourselves moved back and forth because God says to stand firm, steadfast in his word, standing on his word because his word will never fail you. The word will always be in your heart and you have to push it out. With God's strength, you have to continue to persevere and push forward with the vision that God has given you in your life. And allow Him to shape your, your life. Because if we continue to meditate in the Word, then we'll become helpers by continuing to do and, and, and pursue God's Word. Pursue God's will. We'll continue to push forward because you know why? Because we will have in us what God would have us to have. And then once we have it in us, we'll be able to push it back out and give it on to others and not worry whether it's received. Because if we blow that trumpet, if we sound that trumpet, letting them know that the enemy is around, what you're doing is not within the will of God. If you would like to be in the will of God, if you know who God is and you're living this way, this is not how we're supposed to live. And then once you tell them, you continue to conduct yourself 
In such, yes, we fall short of the glory of God, but through his grace and mercy, we can pick ourselves back up and continue to push forward even when we stumble. Because there will be stumbling blocks wherever, they, wherever we go, but God can prepare us for those stumbling blocks and make it smooth road for us. Smooth those blocks, stumbling blocks out. Move them out of the way. Move mountains out of the way for us because he has done so. In the past, he continued to do it today, and I know he will do it in the future because his word tells us that he will. And if, if you sat back and meditated on the blessings of your life, even through struggles, God may not pull you out of a situation. But that's not to say he won't be there to walk you through it, to make sure you get to the end. And something that uh, Steve Furtick also said was... God may send us on detours and in different situations going in different places because he knows our faith or the lack thereof. He knows our spiritual walk. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So therefore, he can divert us and take us the long way around like he took like he took the Israelites a long way around so that they wouldn't have to go through a fighting situation because God knew that they weren't prepared to fight yet. They weren't prepared for that yet. So God took them on a detour. And sometimes we're like, well, why God do I have to be in this situation right now? Maybe this situation is something that's something that's preparing you for something in the future or withholding you from going through something that could be possibly worse and more detrimental to your spiritual well-being. So therefore, we have to look at it in such ways because our, 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 our steps are guarded. Our steps are set out for us. The things that God has us to accomplish are are foretold. We already know the situation that we're living in. We're living in this world where adversaries come from all around. Now it's on us to prepare ourselves for these adversaries and not not say, well, if the pagans were doing what they're supposed to be doing, then I wouldn't have to go through this. No, that's not the way it goes. Is allow the Lord to prepare you by seeking him. And then everything else will work itself out. Because I fall victim sometimes to fear of the unknown. Fear of things, people around me. And the Lord has to check me and let me know that how have I not seen you through in the past? Tell me one instance you've been through something and I have not been there with you. Even when you didn't want me there, I was there. And I'll have to humble myself. And ask the Lord to forgive me because I sometimes get distracted by the adversary, by things, by pagans, by people who, who don't have the same understanding of the word or the same pull to live for God as I do. And I have to check myself sometimes and realize where I'm at and who's protecting me. That's what we have to realize. Who is our father? Is he not greater than the devil? Is he not greater than any situation we could ever go through? Is he not greater? Are we not greater than these situations? Because we're kingdom bound. We're kings and queens. Princes and princesses. We're royalty. But not in the prideful way. But in the humble way of saying. I know who my father is. He's the king of kings. The Lord of lords. He will protect me. He will provide. I am his child. He is my father. And that's how we have to look at this. That's how we have to see this. See this. Because if we don't, we're going to continue to allow paganism to persuade and to warp our beliefs.
And that is the truth. That's the honest to God truth. Well, I hope you guys um, love this message. Um, if you guys could um, go to, if you guys have Apple, can you go to iTunes and rate re- and review my podcast so that more people will be able to see it? And um, I have many platforms you guys can look me up on. I'm on every, almost every major platform. Uh, thanks again to Flipboard for being a great sponsor for this episode, guys. I implore you guys to sit down and read First Peter chapter two and Acts chapter one. And you guys have a blessed day, and I'll talk to you guys next time. I wanted to hear the voicemail. I would have played it, bro. Bro, phone is spazzing out, bro.